Hello, audience of Tango Durians. Um, today, in this episode, we would like to honor the passing of uh, Maestro Jorge Daniel Dispari, who passed away on June 21st of 2020. Uh, his dance touched us through his own pupils like Andres Laza Moreno, Javier Rodriguez, and his daughter, Geraldine Rojas, who, uh, in one form or another, has landed in the shores of KL. But uh, he himself uh, went to Singapore um, in celebration of Los Sueños uh, Singapore International Tango Festival. Um, Christina uh, is here with me for the first time in the studio. Uh, and we're sorry that we have to break in this equipment through such uh, dire circumstances. Uh, Christina, uh, did you have any memories with El Maestro himself? Uh, personally, not much. Uh, have not actually taken classes from them, but of course through their students, um, very well respected students as well, the younger generation who you know are maestros in their own right and are also developing the dance for themselves as well. All right. Um, his he was one who valued the codigos of tango, so we are going to talk about the codigos now in his honor instead of just telling a great big story about the man himself because he was uh, very, very serious about how we move in the milonga and the codigos. All right, um, our sources today is an interview with the great man himself and his wife and partner, Marita Laturka, um, and this is from the website soymilonguera.com. Um, we also have... Uh, some uh, quotations from the Tango Voice website, tangovoice.wordpress.com, and uh, some references from tango-dj.at, along with Siempre Milonguero. Yes, these two weeks have uh, allowed us to do much research. Okay, so let's take it away with the sting. So, uh, Christina, Códigos. All right. How would we explain the Códigos del Tango? Códigos are codes, kind of codes of conduct or etiquette that define the dance. And it's very much a part of its history and heritage, I believe. Um, it's also one thing that sets tango very far apart from the other dances. Um, mainly because there is quite an ingrained sense of this etiquette that comes from the culture and maybe a bit of the times that it developed in as well. All right, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and uh, the great man himself uh, has uh, talked about how uh, there is a loss of respect for the códigos um, because um, tango, in essence, is a walking dance and a lot of people are not walking. Per se, um, so yeah, I would I would explain códigos as um, yeah codes of conduct and uh, how to act, um, not just on the dance floor but um, in general around tango, and uh, I've I've uh, read up on this a lot and found that a lot of people kind of twist the códigos to suit themselves. Um, so right now we're gonna try and unpack within uh, twenty minutes to half an hour, you know what 
the basics of the códigos are. All right, so uh, códigos, um, I really memorize um, one thing, which is uh, keep the flow going in the in the ronda or the line of dance. Um, but then uh, the códigos can also be the cabeceo, um, and uh, I believe that the cabeceo as a código especially is. Uh, one that allows for like a certain amount of democracy or uh, self-realization uh, within the tango sphere itself. So um, uh, instead of the man asking the woman, like the man asks the woman from afar, you know, with the eye contact, and then if she nods, yes, you know, um, we save ourselves tons of embarrassment. But of course, there's always the embarrassment of... Uh, uh, suddenly going up to someone and uh, them appearing to actually talk, I mean, to actually uh, ask the person behind you to dance. That's like, has that ever happened to you, Christina? Where the, what was it? <laughs> where where the guy that you were eyeing um, turns out to be asking the person oh, behind yes. you to dance. Oh, yeah, yes, that has happened before in very embarrassing circumstances. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is also why nowadays I kind of just sit there until the guy walks over and just to make sure that he's actually um, indicating that it's me uh, that he wants to dance with. Cause honest to God, there's either something wrong with the embr- with with the with the eye throw, or the uh, what you call it the the way I I, I can't tell. Maybe because all the girls are sitting too close to each other, so the guy ends up not being too clear in where he's person he's you know actually wanting to indicate to but yes when it happens it's uh it's a bit unfortunate it's a bit embarrassing but you know you kind of get over it and hopefully the guy comes back and asks you for a dance after that you know okay all right all right um well from the mirada and cabeceo of course we go into the dances now according to uh, siempre milonguero dot uh, org uh, in the cabeceo, it really happens at the beginning of the tanda and not during a cortina because um, this way we will know what we're dancing to or what we're committing to. Because the thing is, um, it's a 12-minute commitment, quote-unquote. Uh, so uh, you got to know what you're going to be dancing to because if not, that's just going to be a whole mess because if if you're not feeling it... Um, your partner is not feeling it. It's going to be a whole mess. Um, so, yes, from cabeceo, we go to uh, when the cabeceo happens, and that's during the cortina. All right. Um, and uh, here's an interesting aside where it it says here, it is polite to dance a full tanda with one person. Um, do Have you ever kind of uh, stopped before the end of the tanda? In general, no. Um, I have probably no man. Even even with the worst dancers I've had, I don't think I've ever stopped. And that may be a fault on my own part because I'm a bit too polite about it. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 very it 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 comes across as quite a big blow. I think in the moment that you stop in the middle of a tanda to not. You know, to tell the person that actually he's that bad that you'd rather just not be dancing with him at all. Um, I don't know. I think to each their own. I'm sure there's some girls who don't mind doing that. 
Um, but if you're ever in that situation and you're a bit of half-half, uh, I mean, stand your ground, right? If the guy is actually pushing you around or something, you can control the dance a little bit more and hopefully, you know, survive the encounter and then don't dance with him again until he improves. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and uh, it also says here that apparently part of the códigos is that, and I don't know how much of this is added on, um, but part of the códigos is that if you might ask a, a dancer to dance with you part way through a tanda, um, you know, just like a try before you buy kind of thing. So uh, committing to an entire tanda with a person whom you do not absolutely know, it is still possible, actually. So there's like several ways to go about it. Um, so if, yeah, if you would like to dance with somebody, but you're not sure about the scales, so you can just uh, ask during the second song, actually. So that's like, you know, one song less in a four-song tanda. Uh, sorry, uh, two songs less in a four-song tanda. Um, I am so not a math boy. And also, um, it's, uh, it also says that um, the man, when approaching the lady after the cabeseo, should maintain eye contact throughout the journey towards the woman. That way, like, um, let's say the lady looks away or the man really, really looks at the person who is... Because even if it's line of sight, right? I'm walking towards you, but if I were looking at the person behind you, I would have to be really, really short in order to, like, confuse you with her or you, for you to confuse me with... Um, uh, sorry, for you to confuse yourself and her, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, it's interesting how actually diversely demo, demographic, democratic, uh, the process of even the first step of uh, 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 the first step of the Codigos is the cabeceo. It's amazing how democratic it is. Um, so let's move on to the next part of uh, Codigos. Um, after you know getting your um, eyeline right. We go on to navigation. Wow. So this is the one that um, Maestro Jorge absolutely disagrees with people who either are new or compete or when, when he said that he hated people who compete. It's not, it's not people who compete. It's more like the people who compete, win and are not ready to teach. And they pass on, I mean, of course, you're only as good as your teacher um, uh, at a certain point. Because a lot of times when you start bad, you will take a lot of habits with you. And it's not a, and it's very hard to unlearn a lot of habits. I mean, Christina, you know it's very hard to unlearn habits, right? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think the whole leaders aware on the dance floor aspect of it is something that continues to be a challenge for most um, primarily because it's hard to navigate the floor and it's hard to dance at the same time and it's you know there, there's a certain level of um, maturity in the dance that needs to happen before you can get that and as a dance as a whole if you go to festivals or encuentros or marathons which are a little bit more advanced meaning most dancers there have been at least doing it for a couple of years um, of course number of years doesn't really indicate whether or not you'll be any better at it but it is a likely chance that they are more um, 
aware, right? So one thing that was really good that I saw was in Belgrade when we were doing the uh, Enquentro there that on a huge dance floor, about a couple hundred people, every lead would eye or look at the lead that was oncoming in order to get onto the dance floor. So they weren't just barging in. Even though it was a big space, they weren't just barging in. And actually, every single lead that I danced with was doing that. And it was very active. Um, you could see it even when you're sitting on the sidelines. And you could see all the leads knew the colleagues, right? And I think that is something that needs to be enforced because um, when it becomes part of the marathon or festival or whatever event that you're in at that point in time, um, that's where everyone's aware of it at the same time. And everyone does it also because of peer pressure, right? Because you're going to be the one that, you know, isn't doing it and you're going to be aware of that if you want already okay yes and um this all starts with the honda um navigation so um basically what we have is the uh, ronda which is the circle um and then the within the ronda there's the line of dance all right so the line of dance uh, usually if it's a really big floor we have like three lines of dance um and uh like if the the more advanced you are uh quote unquote uh the more outside you go whereas uh the more beginner you are the more inside you go um and uh herein lies the problem but we'll talk about it a little bit later okay so um here are some tips for good navigation uh thank you very much siempre milonguero.org all right so leaders entering the floor when people are dancing should throw another cabeceo but this time to the leader who he wants to move in so it's kind of like signaling when you're merging into a highway all right so you do not just barge in like what christina said all right um so uh yes uh for followers leaders are responsible for your safety try not to fight anything and allow your leader to take you onto the dance floor when he decides it's safe All right, so it's very important to follow that chest. All right, so um, second point would be, uh, do you have the talking point right there? Yep. All right. What's the second point? You're on page three. Sorry, I'm clicking through. <laughs> second point is sharing the dance floor responsibly um, so that leaders stay aware of the couples around you, dance, fo dance forward at the speed of the couple in front of you, do not tailgate, the couple in front of you and if possible keep a two-step gap between you and the couple in front of you um, and move into the gap as it as it gets created so that those behind you will also have the place and space to move um, easy to say hard to do again <laughs> with music and so, like sometimes you do get lost and then you know we often followers often blame the leads for really bad navigation but it's it's not an easy chore and it's something that is a part of a skill set um, that <laughs> needs to be learned Iski's laughing <laughs> she, she called it a chore actually it's a pleasure to be able to do it especially now when we haven't had milongas in uh, what was it four months already oh my gosh yep. yeah um, but a um, little bit on that um, I've had someone um, who uh, I mean claimed to be a milongero but he was carrying out a personal vendetta against me I shall not name names, um, but uh, this guy tailgated, this guy um, boleoed like uh, into my partner's leg um, and uh, basically just tried as much as possible to be an asshole. So um, a lot of people 
uh, say, and this is one of the milongueros, um, the the ones made up by milong milongueros for their own so-called milongueros, for their own convenience. You never ever uh, try to injure anyone on the dance floor, because the tango, I believe, is a very cooperative art. It's not just you and the music. It's not just you, your partner, and the music. It's you, your partner, the music, and every couple on the dance floor yeah and um so we all have to be aware of each other and be this like moving ecosystem which is what the ronda is it's this moving ecosystem if it does not move if it stands still it's gonna be bad yeah um and uh maestro uh the late maestro jorge also uh, mentioned something about this where um people who learned from um, very new teachers who might have done well in competitions um, get the idea that only the good ones stay outside and of course egos being egos people would be like I'm good enough to stay outside but they end up backing into people which is a huge no-no because that's like uh, the last point in the uh, navigation part of Soy Milonguero you never back up against the line of dance alright and um, yeah uh, so and you avoid changing lanes and you avoid stopping for long periods of time um, We all know that sometimes you feel the music like standing still and you know, like getting the uh, Aura in but at, at a certain point you just have to move standing still for four bars is not comfortable Wouldn't you say that Christina? No, definitely. Um, I think one thing also we learn as we develop with the musicality is that the music itself asks you to move, right, in parts. There is a logic behind certain beats that happen, which is meant to move the floor forward. And then there are parts which are more melodic, for example, which calls for more on-the-spot embellishments, you know, koga, uh, uh, what was it? Heroes, my God, I've lost all my terminology, um, and and the like, right? So there is something that happens when the music comes on that you, if if everyone's listening to music well, you will see that the dance one moves in a certain pattern because the music is dictating that. Um, again, hard to do when you are newer and you don't actually hear it or hear the patterns, but as you progress, this is what you actually aim to do. Um, and of course, with newer leads um they, they always panic right when it's time to get on the floor because it's something that it's like driving you can learn to drive technically in a car park but then you get on the road and, and it's a panic fest because it's like traffic jam um people cutting in cutting out right especially malaysian roads so that's that's sort of the you know the analogy i would use um that's happening on the dance floor as well mm, yeah yeah um and uh the uh the name for this it's interesting that you say that the name for this would be Pista, which is the track, um, and uh, track can also mean highway in uh, in Spanish. So the analogy is really just as if it's it's a car thing. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. Um, just imagine you're on a highway, all right? Uh, you know, a highway where you only turn left, like a racetrack, <laughs> but but without all the ajibaji, you know. So you uh, never back up. You avoid changing lanes. Um, and um, stopping for long periods of time is a huge no-no, all right? And, uh, but there is, there is a, a way to go around it, all right? Um, it says here that you can, you can pass a couple, but only under extreme circumstances, all right? So if a couple in front of you stops, you be patient and dance in place until they move. If they're there for a very long time, and very long time for me would 
be probably like four bars because uh, that's that's almost one phrase um, and it's a very uncomfortable um, you know it's a very uncomfortable uh, amount of time to be stopping yeah so yeah it, then you can pass them but only carefully all right if you have space only carefully and if you have space so uh, to those of you who you know are actually dancing just try not to stop for a whole phrase please and stopping also means heroes because you are stationary all right so um yeah let's move on to uh the next page um okay behavior on the dance floor all right so how you feel about having a conversation at the start or like halfway through a song from the start to halfway through a song how do you feel about that if you're in a foreign city where you don't speak the same language you will have no conversation that's one if you're in some place where they want to talk a lot to you this tends to be americans and australians for some reason um yeah i mean i kind of shut up the moment i start dancing and hopefully they get the hint to stop chatting in my ear um yeah most people don't which is a good thing most people understand this but there are the ones that who like talking and explaining yeah a lot <laughs> explaining and teaching oh my gosh i've seen so much of this like teaching stuff like before they start or before they start they start the next song i'm like no no please no all right when we want feedback we will do it during a practica or a class please because the milonga is just for social dancing so why, why do you think this happens because i think we've been taught quite a lot or hopefully your teacher will have told you not to do that right don't teach on the floor but do you think it's a personal thing then that people end up doing this i think people want to have the best experience possible right so what they end up doing is okay in order for us to have what they end up thinking sorry in order for us to have the best possible dance you have to dance my way the way i was taught uh, uh, uh it's called improvisation come on la okay so yeah i mean guys if you're hearing this no teaching on the dance floor please all right um and uh it says here also you should take time to connect to the music Yes, you take time to connect with the music and your partner before you start dancing. But it's just kind of like winding a spring at the beginning. You you don't keep winding the spring. So you take time to connect and then once you go, you go. It's a flow, you know? So uh we don't rush right into the dance at the start of the music, but at the same time, we just don't really hold it up as well. Uh anything else to add? No, I think you've cleared most of it. Uh, I'm reading this other line here that says, "Good leaders dance at the level of the follower they are dancing with. It's rude to dance above her level to impress her, show off to others, or boost one's ego." I would add that it's rude to dance above her level because she cannot follow you, and it will be a disaster. <laughs> that is probably the real reason behind it. But um, this is true too because a lead determines or. Kind of is the starting point of the dance, right? So you set the tone, the pace, the moves, and the guy is the one that instigate the moves, right? So if the w- woman's not 
you know, up to scratch, meaning she's not at that level, or she just ha- doesn't know how to dance at that level, then um, it's, it's not to say you dumb it down or you, you make it easier, but you just switch to a different move, which is more comfortable for her. It means going back to your basics, right? Um, walking well or doing simple archos. Um, at the same time, guys also like, and leads do like to experiment, I think, sometimes. And it's also it also says a lot about their own, I think their own ego and their own awareness of things um, when this happens as well. Yeah, true that, true that. No lie. She speaks no lies. Okay, uh, so yeah, you've covered most of it. Um, uh, here's another one. Never ask for advice, corrections, all right, or, you know, teach again. Um, so if you are a newbie and you want, you know, tips or whatever, step aside get someone's digits, you know, get someone's number and ask for a private lesson, <laughs> you know, uh, it's only, it's only fair because, uh, we also, um, spend on, you know, uh, getting these skills and it's a little bit rude to be asking for stuff for free, except if it's a practica, like a practica is meant for practice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, what, what if you have, has anyone ever asked you for corrections or tips? Not, well, as a, as a, as a follow for the guys, it's rare to find guys that will ask you for feedback per se. Um, they, they may ask you like, oh, how does it feel? Or how does this move feel? But at the same time, it's, it's, it's so hard to be doing that on a dance floor when you are just there to really just dance and enjoy the dance as is, right? I'm not going to stand there and teach or, or tell you what's wrong because it will take me way longer than the two minutes that we have. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the right space for it at the end of the day. Oh gosh, yeah. Alisa, really tired. We're just going to cut this out. <laughs> Would we? Okay, um, so uh, lastly, uh, behavior on the dance floor, okay? If a collision occurs, be polite and friendly, make eye contact and acknowledge that the collision happened, but even if it's not your fault. All right? That is such a bad tweeter. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut this out. If a collision occurs, be polite and friendly, you know, just make eye contact, acknowledge that it happened, even if it's not your fault, all right? If it was clearly your fault, go up to the couple involved and apologize, all right? I mean, you know, shit happens, we gotta just move on, okay? Uh, yeah, so um, that's the uh, on the dance floor uh, codigos, and just now we covered um, before the dance, all right? And then like when you're starting the dance, all right? And when we're dancing, okay? Um, so lastly, there's more tips here, okay? Um, and this is basically the ones who are, you know, sitting down, all right? Uh, don't obstruct the dance floor with your chair or your bag or whatever, just like, you know, there's a space for sitting and there's a place for dancing, all right? Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, try not to obstruct the line of sight for others. Like um, let's say someone's trying to cover sale, don't stand directly in front of them. You know, uh, if you're trying to talk to somebody, uh, you know, sit somewhere else. <laughs> um, yeah, don't just stand, all right? Um, and 
if you are not dancing, how should we show the respect uh, for the people? If you're not dancing, yeah. How yeah, we don't don't block the way, don't block the walkways. Um, really fundamental, basic human etiquette in general. But which is surprising how people actually need to be told this. I don't think it's even colleagues anymore. It's just <laughs> knowing how to navigate yourself in a public space. <laughs> but um, I am seeing something interesting, which is uh. There's another point here about the clothing, um, how they might feel to someone in the embrace. It's just funny because I've once worn a dress and the feedback from a good friend of mine was like, oh, you feel like a durian. Because <laughs> I had sequins. So I can get I get it, I get it. Um, then there's the backless dresses as well, which I don't know how other girls do it, but I sweat a lot. So actually that's also a no-no for me. Um, and then I know guys that are like waterfalls. <laughs> so it's always good to change your shirt. Actually, most guys have this etiquette to bring extra shirts to Milonga. And that's a very good habit to have. It's extra work, but um, normally guys do sweat more. And especially when you're in Malaysia or Southeast Asia in general. and Or if it's summertime anywhere else in the world. Like, yeah. You know, hygiene. And just making sure you are dry <laughs> in general. Yeah, exactly. This this is a very fundamental thing, but I'm surprised that it actually needs to be a código or a code. Um, I I've uh, I I've had dances with uh, uh, some ladies, um, really nice ladies. It's just that uh, some of them realize it, some of them don't, um, uh, and this is to do with their sweat and uh, bo because. I think guys pay attention to BO more. Mm. <laughs> I think I would disagree with that <laughs> entirely. <laughs> no, I mean I, I I when I mean my batch anyway, me um uh Mr. Gun of Fame Studio, Christopher, shout out to you. Um like uh, who else started in my time? Uh, Jack and whoever. Yeah, they they I think it's because of the teacher. Like um, Andreas used to sweat a lot, and he always brings, he always brings extra shirts as well. So it kind of rubbed off on us, and it made us pay attention to our stuff. Like um, whenever I know I have a milonga going on, I have this like fanny pack of like a toothbrush, my travel toothbrush, like a travel stick of deodorant. Um, also some some uh, powder, but that's for totally different slippery reasons. So how much do you think people's awareness of all these colleagues have to do with the teachers that they have had versus them learning it themselves versus the community kind of passing it on to them? I mean, which one's the most important? Oh, definitely the teachers, man. I mean, um, I have been fortunate enough to be born with an inquisitive mind and lots of time. So I do read up on this, but a lot of people are too busy. So they need the teachers to teach this. Um, and of course, we're Asians. We need teachers to tell us everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tango durians. Such a bias. Such a bias. No, I, I will agree. Um, but it's also up to the, I would say it's also up to the community to enforce some of these things, right? Actually, the perfume thing is something I haven't really seen here, but it's something I've seen in other, other countries that I've been to where they tell you not to actually wear perfume or at least wear something a bit more neutral. Um, this one I haven't actually realized is an issue, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and lastly, um, if you wear glasses, um, you should consider contact lenses. 
or removing your glasses while dancing unless you can't see without them. Okay, I have a friend. We have a friend, um, Christina. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to name names, but let's just say this guy is very vocal about everything. Now, he always, always loses his glasses because he wants to take off his glasses and start dancing, which is fine. It's really fine, but he's as blind as a bat. <laughs> I'm as blind as a bat, and I know that, so I keep my glasses on, or else I cannot see shit, and I don't have echolocation. So that being said, so that being said, I will keep my glasses on. Um, for you guys, I mean, it's entirely up to you. It's it's more due to the fact that if you're dancing cheek to cheek, the uh, frames of the glasses will kind of rub against your your the person you're dancing with, your partner, for that time. Um, I would consider you know just keeping the glasses on if you really can't see or. Get some contacts. Come on, seriously. Um, what about you? I I know you have glasses on, but you also wear contacts a lot. So, um, what's your take on this? Is it more important to see, or is it more important to style? Oh, okay. I don't have contacts anymore. <laughs> it's key. I got LASIK like seven years ago. Oh shoot! Sorry. <laughs> but yes, when I used to wear glasses, I would wear the glasses until. I got some guy who might have been more my height then I would poke his eyes out unfortunately with my glasses frame so I would then take it off but I had the luxury of doing that because I was following so I didn't even really need to see um, yeah I think in general just be more aware um, if you are closer to the height of the woman then it's gonna be hard for her to put or rest you know the, the angle's not right right because your glasses will poke her eyes out so just be aware of that um, if you're taller like Iski actually it doesn't matter because he's like a foot above anyway so your eye is nowhere near his eye so that's fine that's why he can keep it on right so just be aware I think all the, the, the common word for all these codigos and you know codes are just, just just be aware of how you're presenting yourself and how you're being presented to others right alright so I guess that's it for this episode I hope um, Maestro Jorge is uh, smiling upon this small contribution in his honor um, upstairs. Uh, so, yeah, guys, um, if you guys are a fan of uh, the great man himself or any of the old Milongueros, um, read up on the Codigos. Please, like, make life, you know, better for everybody in the Milonga. So, final word, Codigos are freaking hell important. So, all right. So that's my last word. Do you have any last word, Christina? No, I think that's uh, that's good. We are testing this out in the studio for the first time. So, you know, <laughs> a bit of glitches here and there. So hopefully it goes well. All right. So I've been Iski. And I've been Christina. We're the Tango Durians. See you next two weeks. Bye. Oh. Hasta el barco cante en las...